In today's gospel, Jesus invites us to consider or even reconsider the delicate topic of fraternal correction or entering into what most of us are extremely uncomfortable with, which is entering into conflict. And if you're growing and you're trying to strive for holiness, trying to become a saint, you'll learn very quickly that you have to be open to becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. So we have to unpack this and we're going to start today and for the next two Sundays, a three-part series on embracing conflict. So what most of us avoid, we're going to embrace. So next week, we will look at forgiveness. And the week after that, we will look at patience. And there's so much to say about conflict. But one powerful quote that has changed my life on conflict and correcting others is that conflict avoided is conflict multiplied and magnified. Conflict avoided is conflict multiplied and magnified. So we can't avoid it. We have to embrace it. And also even knowing that correcting a sinner is a spiritual work of mercy. So the catechism says that admonishing the sinner actually helps a person more than it hurts them. And sometimes the question is like, how do I do that? What do I do? do? So Jesus teaches us. He just uses simple if-then statements. And every time we come to Mass, we should be asking, what is Jesus teaching me? How is he calling me to grow? So very simply today, he just says, if this happens, do this. If this happens, then do this. And if you take a serious look at Jesus, the lives of the saints, and throughout Scripture, there are actually certain ways that this actually should be done. For sure, he's teaching a lot of us that we need to slow down, taking things one step at a time, one breath at a time. So we don't get too far ahead of ourselves like Peter did last week. So firstly, when we have to correct someone, what we do must be in line or in accordance with God's sacred word, the scriptures, the Bible. And also, like just because someone's offended me doesn't give me permission to go on and correct them. That's the way of the world, not of God. And even whatever annoys you or even offends you doesn't mean it needs to be corrected. Often it means that you and I need to love others first as we love ourselves, as we heard from St. Paul's letter to the Romans today. And often I find that people that struggle with loving others, it's typically because they find somewhere in their lives that they are unlovable. And there's even a self-hatred or a self-condemnation that just resides in their heart. The thing is, if you're a follower of Jesus, the whole goal is to know that you are loved infinitely, unconditionally. And secondly, if what a a person does is annoying to me and we only need to correct them to make sure that what they are doing is truly sinful, not just annoying. And so often I look at the lives of the saints, which I mentioned earlier. In St. John Vianney, the patron saint of priests, he has a very powerful quote. He, He says, always accuse self before accusing others. So that means I should take a step back, slow down, and just ask myself, 
Am I guilty anywhere here? Am I at fault anywhere here? And sometimes you'll find that if you actually do that, that what annoys you is actually something you need to work on. There's an area in your heart that's not loving people. And again, looking at the lives of the saints, like St. Therese, one of my favorite saints, she said, ask yourself before entering into conflict, is it really worth it? Or as my former, former pastor, Father Matt Seminar, would often say is, am I making a mountain out of a molehill? Now, if it's sinful and the person could actually lose their salvation, then yes, it's actually worth it. But for example, if someone does something that annoys me, which is using the word like, like all the time, because, you know, like there's like this nervous energy, because like when I talk and I don't sit down, I always say the word like, because like that's not that big of a deal. It's just annoying. Or maybe it's just like, like me who thinks that, right? And again, look at the scriptures. What does Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen say? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And this is often where despair sets in for a lot of us because I don't know if you ever hung out with someone who's truly virtuous, truly holy, just a light. And sometimes we feel like, how can I ever get there? But just simply by their presence, they make you want to be a better man or a better woman. Maybe you have a few people in your life that have been that way to you because they are so sharp in their discipline. They're so sharp in their virtue. And we can even become sharpened by them. But then there's the opposite of that, which is dull people who don't make us better, who can even make us bitter. And we have to surround ourselves with people who are truly striving for holiness so that when we're around those dull people, we can actually sharpen them. And it's so important that we have good and holy friendships as we enter the semester. It's so important to know that the friends you make the first two weeks will almost always be your friends your next four to five years of college which always leads me to this quote that I just love. It, says, it just says that you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So true friends will always be a light in the darkness. Their example will lead others simply by their way they live. And when words are necessary, their words will cut like a knife through any pride or false humility. So Jesus speaks to us today. He speaks to you. He speaks to me, heart to heart. And he says, if your brother sins against you, that means it's just between you and another person. But we need to break that down. It's, a partic it's particular that your brother or your sister is an intimate relationship. It's someone that is not just a friend. It's someone that you actually see as a brother or a sister. You've entered into a different level of friendship. And when we look at what Jesus is actually teaching us, he's teaching us that, like, you know, we don't need more Pharisees and Sadducees. And these are the people throughout the scriptures that Jesus confronts. He embraces the conflict because they just look for the faults of others. And as soon as the opportunity arises to pounce on the opportunity, with great pride in correcting others, they take it. 
But Jesus is also telling us he doesn't need any more half disciples or quarter disciples. He wants people who are all in. And that is what Jesus is trying to teach us so our communities can actually grow. So Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, so they have offended you and it's affecting their salvation, he says, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. Like, how do you, how do, you do that? Like, humility is uber important here because you might be wrong. I might be wrong when correcting someone. So whenever we're correcting someone, you and I must always know that we're not any better than them and we're not any more important than them. We're all sinners here who always are in need of God's mercy and correction because we can get off the path. And whenever you're with someone who has committed a sin or even a deep fault against you, it's to know that when you're with them, you are on holy ground. Always remember The person before you is made in God's image and likeness. They are a child of God. They are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So when you and I revere people and we know that we're on holy ground, what happens is that fear drips away because it's no longer about me. It's about loving the other, loving my neighbor as myself. And it's important, like, when we confront someone, we have deep humility. So maybe when you approach them, you could say something like, hey, um, this is not easy for me, but I just want to ask, like, did I hear correctly that? Or even saying, maybe I misunderstood, but I thought I saw you. So it's humility. Because you could be wrong, right? Secondly, it's so important to... Do your best to correct someone in private and away from public view. Like our world is so bad at this. We have become so infatuated with the faults of others publicly, especially through social media and the news. And that's not the way of a follower of Jesus. Like detraction, which is publicly, publicly speaking ill about someone, even though it might be true, is extremely destructive towards the church towards your soul and my soul. So it's so important that we can just ask ourselves, is this going to be helpful or hurtful if I say this? And then if that person truly listens to you, you gain a brother or a sister in the Lord. You gain a soul for the kingdom of God. And so important that Anyone who is in need of fraternal correction, like we got to do that with, with love. And when we fraternally correct someone, we must never expect an apology. Expect anything in return. Like Jesus tells us elsewhere, like in Luke chapter 14, verse 28, to give without counting the cost. That means to give without expecting anything in return. Like what do we desire for the other person? Hopefully, it's for them to be set free from whatever's withholding them from being totally open to the Lord. Like we should want them to attain an abiding relationship with God himself. What should be desired is their salvation, their conversion. Like we want them truly to be saved by Jesus 
from their sins as we love them, as we love ourselves. Why? Because sinning will always promise you more and leave you empty. Like so often, you and I are tempted with different sins and we tell ourselves, oh, this won't hurt me. And then we just feel empty. Sinning will never make you more. Sinning will always make you less. All this must be done with prayer and fasting. So if I go to fraternally correct someone who has sinned against me, I must bring it to prayer to ask the Lord for his help, for ask the Lord for humility, for any faults in myself. And I must fast. Like, you can't love someone if you don't sacrifice for them. Love is always sacrificial. And in the prayer, we can just remember those simple words from St. John Vianney. Always accuse self before accusing others. Just ask yourself, am I at fault or guilty of the same sins? Am I called to ask for forgiveness first? And if you and I fast from food, media, something that brings us pleasure, like your words will be more effective. And your heart will be more docile to see the person before you as God sees them. And if you truly love them, as yourself, you must sacrifice for them and for their conversion. And again, why? Like, why? why? Because in this way, I'm resembling Jesus. I'm witnessing to others what Jesus actually like. And whether you believe it or not, your witness makes a difference. Your action or inaction, your selflessness makes a difference. There's always someone who looks up to you. And hopefully it's because you look up to Jesus. And that's like what I firmly believe. It's so important that we witness on campus to others what Jesus actually like. By living in accord with his word, then we'll truly see the conversion of this campus. And so many people don't know what Jesus is like. So I just want to end with a story about a prisoner of war in Japan during World War II and a Japanese man who protested the Japanese and was imprisoned. And these two men were in a cell next to each other. And each day they would talk. And the United States soldier, the prisoner of war, would be treated so much better and each day, the United States soldier would every once in a while talk about Jesus, and he would pray for the man. But one day, the Japanese man was beaten brutally. And after the beating was done, it was very apparent that he probably wasn't going to live. So the American prisoner of war just said, you know, you're probably not going to live too much longer. But you don't have to be afraid. If you just give your life to Jesus, you repent of your sins, you'll be with him forever. And the Japanese man said, if Jesus is anything like you, I can't wait to meet him. I can't think of a better compliment to receive. Can you?
This is why we enter into conflict. This is why we embrace conflict, because Christ enters into ours, and he does so, so beautifully, so humbly. And sometimes he works through you and me, because we're part of his body, the church. And if we truly love our neighbor as ourself, like, wouldn't you want someone to tell you with love your faults? Who has truly prayed and fasted for you? I think so. So if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if your brother listens to you, you have gained a brother. If he's listening to you, are you listening? Are you listening for information or for transformation? We pray through the holy sacrifice, this mass, that we are transformed as the bread and wine are transformed into the body and blood of Jesus. We are transformed. And do we deserve his body and blood? No. That's the whole point. He is so good to us when we don't deserve it, so we are good to others, even if they don't seemingly deserve it. So we pray for the Holy Spirit to fall upon us and transform us, that we embrace conflict, and we don't avoid it like the world, and we go to people face-to-face, heart-to-heart, with deep humility, to know that we are on holy ground, we are with them. Just simply reminding ourselves to cue self for others. To maybe look at St. Therese, she would even think of like 10 things that were good in the other person before she would confront them. And if she couldn't think of 10 things, she would go get to know them better. Because when you and I don't know much about a person, we're judgmental. We know much and so many things about them. We're much more compassionate.